I am a man of simple pleasures, thankful to live in a dome city, away from the rabid, the bloodthirsty, and the insane. Many of my colleagues forget that only 100 feet of galvanized steel stands vigilant between us and the radiated waste that is, well, was the United States of America. I am appreciative of everything that I have. I've been out there, in the wastes, in the bowl, long enough to know that clean water and fresh food is not a right, but a luxury. My condo is modest in comparison to my pay scale. I do not live in the eastern colonies across the water. Fake grass and perfect tans didn't appeal to my tastes. The feudal quest for man-made perfection, cookie-cutter mansions, and the chauffeured hover vehicles that separate the sky like ultra-lux scalpels, nothing but a backdrop. Smoke mirrors to deflect and entertain, these people are not living, despite all their wealth. When I attend the mandatory mixers the corporate heads throw, I feign jubilation to hide my boredom. Susie, from accounting, had her first taste of an egg, a real egg that her $20,000 chickens laid. She thinks she's a farmer, an earth mother ready to heal the planet, her modified cheekbones, manicured hands, and curated lips say otherwise. I swallow my disdain and let her steer the conversation. I like her lips. She mistakes my focused intensity as a compliment to her manufactured attractiveness. Her lips are still virgin to technology, imperfect and beautiful. There are so many Susies in this line of work, countless echo chambers of wasted humanity. I naturally pique their interest. The height, the mysterious brooding behind the disarming smile, the dark hair and the deep blue eyes charm and disarm at a glance, not modified. The perfect man in a destroyed world. The face of Gota International Marketing and Product Communication. The face of the elevated everyman. I take their compliments with a nod and a wink. How right they are. After the champagne toasts that are made from fabricated grapes and stock market projection chit-chat, I bow out with a gentleman's grace and head home. I ignore the longing and the sighs from the adorned perfect women swimming in their perfect pale pink fantasies of us together in some villa or some castle with a stable of white horses. They bore me. Perfect women, modified, tucked, and wrapped, bore me. The lack of understanding of their own humanity angers me. The security blanket of feminine conformity is a plague that infects so many of them. The attendees of the post-work happy hour smears. The cacophony of the talking heads rattle my skull. The music is too loud. The laughter is too fake. I need to leave now. I walk outside, take a deep breath, and try to settle the urge within me.
Susie's lips. The only perfect piece of flesh on her plastique frame. The dome's weather schedule mimics a warm spring night. The deep breath I take is fragrant with air odorizers that mimic flowers mingled with the real musk of body heat and worry. I pull out a cigar, imported from our southern neighbors, and relish in its earthy sweetness as I stroll away from the spire. Goda's corporate headquarters that resembles its lagmite, more hellish than avant-garde, dead in the center of downtown. I reflect about Susie's lips, the salmon-gut lip gloss folding into the ridges of the aging, gorgeous skin. I touch my own lips and tremble. Ignoring the available holographic signs above multiple hover calves, I walk home, excitement surging through my body. It has to be tonight, yes, it has to be, it must be. Herds of everyday travelers taking low-altitude rockets to other dome cities. The streets are nothing but simulated cherry blossoms, summer dresses and snow cones. The dying sun filters overhead. It will be night soon. And I am patient. I stroll southward, careful not to barrel through incoming foot traffic. I am polite, courteous, letting older ladies through and suspicious young men guide their dolled-up girlfriends away from my dimpled smile. I am not interested, but amused. The women are synthetic humans, and the men young and consumed with their lust are none the wiser. The doorman, a high-end Belvedere model android with gray hair, a thick mustache, and an air of exclusivity, tips his hat with fat factory-made fingers and opens the door to my building's foyer. Mr. Grant, so good to see you this evening. As to you, Jerome 38, long night ahead? Jerome 38 gives a wide smile. His jowls separate like curtains, exposing stained porcelain teeth. Androids charge their internal batteries as frequent as their models allow. Eating, smoking, or drinking would do nothing but gum up internals. The staining? A familial joke the body factory boys must have had when talking about the old men in their lives. Jerome 38 gives a can sigh, a reflexive line of emocon binary code that runs through millions of empathy libraries and cherry-picks a response that is as close as possible to human weariness. The Belvedere model is not as high-end as I thought. G38 went rigid, a processing towel before answering. He rubs the back of his neck, careful not to expose his barcode. Well, no, sir. I'll be off to see the missus soon. Perhaps we can look at upgrades together before tucking in for the night. I nod, striding through the marble and brass hallway illuminated by bronze mermaids and nymphs. The thought of android families makes my skin crawl. Puppets playing pretend, a charade of feelings and communal farce recognized by colony law. 
The dolls have empathy. They learn. They must be paid a living wage and given dignity a waste. The elevator doors close smooth and silent. I ascend, touching my mouth and thinking of her. Susie's lips, the pillowy curvature seductive. The phantom image merges and melds into the wisps that holds my desire. Olivia. Olivia. Sweetest. Olivia. A tiny mew so fierce, so rabid in her dedication for justice and honor. We have never met flesh to flesh, but our line of nocturnal work overlaps. I tremble at the thought of her finding my displays of artistic humanity. She is the first that never wretched, never faltered. Her blonde hair angled and fine like sharpened gold. Ice embedded under cat-like lids. Metahuman. Psy user, high clearance. She shines like an angel, pearlesque and ethereal. I contain my thoughts just enough to prod at her psychic talents. I want her to see me, but not yet, not yet, not quite yet. It isn't time. But I want her to know I saw her beauty on someone else's face. A charlatan. Unworthy. My living space is minimal and dark. The ruby skyline settles. The white carpet into a blood-red ocean. High in furniture that never receives guests. The culinary playground that is my kitchen rarely simmers and boils. My bedroom knows only my body. I strip nude and open the balcony doors, the cool concrete a comfort as I lean over and gaze at the city below. I take my time, light the cigar, and blow creamy rings above me. Mild-mannered Theo Grant, marketing god, media darling, 100% human, Naked and scarred like all men of power. The night creeps behind its veil. The dome shifts from crimson and gold to bruised greens and violets. The cigar is finished and I must cleanse. The excitement causes my forearms to ripple with goose flesh. I need to see her. It's been a long, unbearable winter devoid of her. I rein in my excitement as I dry dress and open my closet. The line of suits and shoes and casual wear shifts aside, opening a wall that holds a large, long briefcase. I open the case, trailing glove fingers over long, serrated blades still sharp from their last polishing, their malice breathtaking. How many have they kissed, all the while thinking of Olivia, 
They never whisper their secrets, but we both know. We are old companions dating back to our military service in the bowl. The outer radiated wastelands. I smile and place them on my back snug in neoprene and carbon mesh folders. They return my embrace, stroke my back, and settle in. Wire. The bedroom lights dim, casting a warm glow of compliance. Yes, Mr. Grant? The room replies in a disjointed but attractive voice. What are the biorhythms of the following address? A pregnant pause as I feed the location. A female, Susan Wade, is currently in her backyard. Other than poultry, no other readings. Excellent. Wire off. Tonight, pen agent Olivia McGuinn. Tonight we enjoy the first taste of spring together. I walk to the balcony, the condo's lights cascading to darkness as I scale to the top of the roof under the mask of nightfall. I crouch. My base senses alert and hungry, muscle and sinew pull taunt, ready to leap. My heart beat thunders in my ears as I clench my fists. The primordial desire overtakes society's mask, and I breathe through every pore. I am human, imperfect, and alive. Past aromas of copper and awful decorate my nostrils with memories of Hunt's past. All for her, for Olivia's admiration. See me, for I will see you soon, Olivia McQuinn. But first, I must fetch your lips from Susie in accounting.